What is up today's today crew? I hope y'all are having a phenomenal, phenomenal day. My name is Colton Child. I'm the founder and CEO of the Today's Today community here to help you crush your goals more consistently by crushing them on a daily basis. Uh, if you are brand new to the podcast, make sure to smash that subscribe button. Make sure to go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun on here. We're going to have some laughs, uh, but we're also going to talk some mad business and help you crush your goals more consistently. Today, though, we have got a it got an amazing guest. We've got Casanova Brooks. Um, bro, I, you are a beast in business. You have your own podcast show. You're in real estate as well as owning brick and mortar businesses. Uh, so why don't you go on and introduce yourself and tell everybody a little bit about who you are? Yeah, well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to the Today's The Day crew. And uh, this is one that I've been waiting for for a couple weeks now. So I think that we're going to be able to add a lot of value together. And I hope people stick around to the end. But to give you a little bit of background on me, I tell people first and foremost, I'm no different than anyone else. And the biggest thing that I would call myself is a dreamer. And why I say that is because I believe that everything starts with a dream right? Before you had this podcast that was blowing up, before you had a community, before you had your own businesses, you had a vision, you had a dream, and you only had to figure out how to execute on it. And so that's where um, I would say that I am. I'm just someone who always has a lot of dreams. I have a lot of ambition, and I want to figure out ways that I can execute on them to be able to live a life at the end by my design, right? And kind of today is uh, one of the days that I'm very grateful for because this morning as I was reflecting on it, I was just like, man, if we look at how far I've came, uh, it's, it's been a crazy journey. And so to give a little bit of a background on me, I'm originally from the south side of Chicago. I was born to a single mom. My dad is last that I knew my dad is still around, but he's never been in my life, right? So I'm the only child on my mom's side, but last I knew I had 13 brothers and sisters on my dad's side. He just never did anything to bridge the gap. So for me, I really was growing up as an only child. And uh, when we talk about inner city Chicago, everything that you see on the news today when it comes to drugs, gangs, violence, that was what I was growing up around. And so outside of that, my first stint, I guess you could say of adversity was my two best friends who we did everything together. One morning they came over and they were like, hey, we're about to go to the beach. And so we normally go to the beach and it's, it's cool. Well, for whatever reason, this one morning, I decide I'm not going to go. And so like, all right, cool. We'll see you afterwards. Well, come to find out there was no afterwards because their mom came over and they were wondering where the boys were. And my mom's like, uh, I don't know, like Cass is in the front room. And then a couple hours after that, come to find out they both drowned off of the pier at Lake Michigan. And so why I wasn't right there with them, like we did everything together. We're always trying and I probably would have been the first one to try it. I don't know. I just always say that God had a bigger reason or purpose for my life. And so eight years old, I'm now trying to navigate, not having my other two musketeers. Um, and then as I'm 10, 11 years old, I just start to see a lot more drugs, gangs, violence, everything um, to the point that my grandma's like, hey, we got to get him up out of here. So my grandma makes the decision um, to go check out Sioux City, Iowa, which is where some of my family has started to relocate. So next thing I know, we're on a Greyhound bus going to check out Sioux City. Uh, less than two weeks later, after we get back, all of my stuff's being put into a U-Haul. And my grandma says, I'm moving him to Sioux City, Iowa. My mom didn't really have a choice but obviously as you can imagine that's a huge culture change coming yeah. from big city inner city chicago where people only look like me to now i'm going to the cornfields in sioux city iowa <laughs> where almost nobody looks like me and there's only like eighty thousand people so it feels like everybody knows everybody yeah. 
And so I'm like, oh man. But again, I had to adapt. And I always say that I was very fortunate because my grandma, she allowed me to not grow up with an ignorant mindset. And so what do I mean by that? That means that just because you didn't look like me did not mean that you had to be against me. You can't be with me. Right. So that gave me a, a lot of opportunity to build relationships. And, and so I'm pretty popular and, and playing sports, things like that as a, as a young teenager. And then when I'm 15 years old, just starting my sophomore year in high school, football season just ending, we're going into basketball season and I find myself having a hard time breathing. So I'm walking through the hallways and I'm just telling my buddies like, yo, you know, I can't breathe. And they're like, ah, it's probably just cause you left football early. You know, we're just starting to com- uh, commission or um, condition. And mm-hmm. basketball, you know, you're probably just out of shape. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I come home and I'm just taking a lot of naps. And my mom's like, well, what's up with you? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm real tired. And so she's like, all right, if it persists, we're going to go to the hospital. So it wound up persisting over the next couple of days. And what happens, they, we wound up going to the emergency room and they say, hey, you know what? We're going to keep him overnight and we're just going to run some tests. Now for me, keep in mind, all I knew was like on TVs, they showed hot nurses. I thought that I was going <laughs> to get sponge some ice cream, video games, like this is nothing. And then they wind up coming back in. I remember it was like 1 a.m. in the morning and they're like, hey, you know what? We actually got public transportation. We're going to ship you all to the University of Iowa. We think it might be a little bit more serious. And so University of Iowa is on the other side of the state, on the eastern Mm -hmm. part. And my, just my mom, like, well, what, what are you talking about? And then they're like, we think, he, you know, it might be serious. And they're like, well, what's serious? And they're like, we think he might have cancer. And I just remember my grandma like, whoa. And so come to find out after doing more tests and things like that, I did have stage four lymphoma cancer all throughout my body. I had to, I wound up having to get a port in my chest connected to my Mm -hmm. jugular vein. And uh, yeah, for the next two years, I went through chemotherapy. I experienced just about anything that anybody else with the C word does. So thankfully, after two years, when I was 17, at this time, I was 15 when I got diagnosed. So when I was 17, I wound up uh, going into remission. And thankfully, I've been in remission ever since. Um, and then this kind of started my real journey um, of really trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. So I tried so many different things. When we talk about being an entrepreneur uh, mm-hmm. between the ages, my first ever like thought at entrepreneurship, if, if I'm honest, probably started at eight. And the only reason why was because like my parents never really had a lot to give me. I always say, though, I was never deprived of love and support. Like my mom always tried to protect my mental. So anybody out there listening, if you're a young mother, a young father, right? The one thing that I try to make sure that I focus on every single day is protecting my son's mentality. And even my daughter, I have a nine-year-old son and my daughter just turned three yesterday. So I have to make sure because right, right now, my daughter, she's going through this phase where she loves Barbies. If you look at my Instagram stories, you can see she has a Barbie tent I put together last night, Barbie dream house. My brother bought her. Uh, it's just, it's, it's so much. Um, that uh she but her imagination is where i'm going is so ridiculous right now like she sees when she's playing with her dolls and everything she's got the little food all this other stuff and so my whole point saying that is never kill the spirits and the dreams of a future innovator right because what she sees in her mind is already real And so I would never let anybody else do that. So even if you feel like right now you are not where you want to be or where you should be in life and you have somebody else, whether it's your children or maybe even your younger brother or sister or niece or nephew, how you can make sure that you protect and give value to them in this world is by protecting their mentality. So for me, 
they always did that for me. Um, and when I was eight years old, I wound up uh, going to, I remember I was going to the gas station all the time. And so one day me and my buddy just had a, uh, a thought of like, yo, this is pre people putting in credit cards and, and debit cards into the machine and people were still going into the stores. So basically I would come out as you would come out of the store and I say, Hey, mister, do you mind if I pump your gas? And some people say no, but some people are like, mm, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And then I'm only hoping to serve. And obviously in the end, you maybe give me a dollar or $5, whatever. So I remember like one of the first nights that I did it, I walked out of there after like three hours, I walked out of there with like 50 bucks. And yeah. uh, for being eight years old, I'm like, this is, this is great. Right? This is back in like 95. Right yeah. to give you a perspective. So I'm like, man, this is everything. So that was kind of where it first started that, look, I could create my own income. Now I didn't keep on that journey because I'm still only nine, 10 years old, but that was kind of the first stint that it was exposure to me that I could create whatever I wanted. So then as I, as I get done with high school, I try out college for three years at the University of Iowa. And uh, in my junior year, I'm, I'm getting big into music at this time, following Kanye heavy and seeing all these other things. So I'm like, man, we want to do this, me and a buddy. And so we, I wound up dropping out of college my junior year and grades were fine, everything. But I just had that notion in my heart that just because I had a degree did not mean that I was going to be successful in life. Yeah. Right. So I was like, man, this isn't what I want to do. And so I struggle with how do I tell my mom, my grandma, because keep in mind, I'm the first person out of my family that's went to college. So they got so much, my baby's going to do it, you know, and I'm like, but this is not what I want to do. I could just, yeah. I'd already changed my major four times in three wow. years from computer science to business to pharmacy. At that time, I was just at uh, communications because all I wanted was the piece of paper. So if I just had a communications degree, I felt like I could do anything with it. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, every day it felt like it was pulling at me that I was like, nah, this ain't what I want to do. And so I called my parents and they like, my mom first was like, well, you know, you're going to have to tell your grandma. And I'm like, <laughs> like that's not what oh, I want to no, do. The dreaded but conversation. <laughs> oh my God. They were so dread. I'm like, grandma. And keep it, they had just dropped me off two months prior. Right. So that was the first thing my grandma said was, first off, you could have told us this two months ago before we just made this drive to the other side of the state to send you back to college. You knew you didn't want to go back. And so I'm like, yeah. So we wound up dropping out of there. And, and what's funny is I took all of my student loan money and uh, my buddy and I, we booked a trip to Milwaukee to record with my cousin, who's pretty big in the underground scene. Um, and, uh, and he put us in a professional studio. We used our, our student loan money to pay for the studio. We made about like four or five tracks, then came back. Um, and we got some t-shirts and stuff made. We were selling t-shirts and tracks out of the car, all these other things. So it was a fun journey, but I say for me, man, I've probably, what, what's up? It's a hustling. <laughs> Love it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, we got back and that was what we continued to do. That was always the mentality that I had. And so I would say from then, um, I've probably had 17, high close to 20 different jobs. I always tell people everything that you can think of, I've sold it if it's not crack or Coke. I'm just being honest. I've sold it. I've tried it. Uh, not as in tried it as in using it, but tried to sell it. I've Jordan shoes. Fine. What's crazy about it is, bro, when I first got my first t-shirts made, I got on Alibaba.com. This was before it became cool of drop shipping and everything else because I didn't know what it was really called, but I had a buddy, one of my best friends, he had, from straight out of high school, he went to the military. So at this time when we first get our shirts made he's over in nepal india 
And so when I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get these shirts. He's like, yo, like right down the street every day when I come home, there's like a, a big sweatshop and they make a whole bunch of the stuff that goes back to the US. So I'm like, yo, you think you can give me like a number or something? He's like, let me see what I can do. So that was how it started when I got like my first ever shirts made. But I didn't know that I was drop shipping or trying to find manufacturers or any yeah. of that stuff. But uh, yeah, man, I tried everything. And so fast forward to just six years ago, um, things are starting to turn in my mind and everything else. And long story short, I, I wind up coming down here to Omaha because I got a job opportunity as a digital marketing consultant. Now, keep in mind, I never knew anything about marketing, digital marketing, nothing. And they really hired me. It was a Fortune 500 company that was heavy in the, uh, the um, phone books. Right. But they were losing a lot of customers six years ago because people were getting into SEO websites, all this other stuff. So people were jumping out of the phone book. So they hired me because they had this new digital program. So they wanted to find a way to like bundle um, people that are already in the phone book and then giving them website and and online management, all this other stuff. So I jumped in. I said, yes, came down here to Omaha. Uh, Within nine months, I wound up finishing number eight in the entire company um, out of like 450 inside sales reps. And so crushed it. I won all types of awards and that was good. But then I started to see management positions come about. And, uh, and I'm like, man, I want to try my hand at management. And all I remember was like, everybody was like, oh, Casanova, like you're doing great. Just that position is not available. You've only been here for so long. And I see where it's going. And I'm like, oh, so this is that corporate world where everyone could tell you no, but nobody could tell you yes. Right. Because I'm like, who's the people that makes the decision then? If you can't say yes, who do I need to talk to? And they're like, oh, well, that's, you know. And I'm like, okay. So then I started looking online and I found a YouTube video and a guy who uh, was in real estate at the time. He said, you got to find a way to be the Lord of your land. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he or she who owns the land makes the rules. And I was like, oh, like that, that sounds right. And keep in mind, growing up, my favorite game was always Monopoly. Right. So we talk about owning property, people paying you rent, everything like I loved it. And so I thought about that, but I didn't know anything about how to own real estate. And so I looked deeper into his story and I seen he started off as like a realtor. Then he was working with like celebrity clients and everything. And then from there, he wound up becoming an investor, developer, having funds, all this other stuff. So I decided I was going to jump into real estate here within the next couple of weeks, which I did. Within three months, I got my license. Well, my mom and grandma called me up right around the same time and they say, hey, you know what? We want to move down to Omaha to be closer to you, Julie, and CJ. Julie's my wife, CJ's my son, because there's nothing left here in Sioux City from us, so or for us. And so it's only about an hour and a half away. So talk to Julie. We move him down here. Well, within 24 hours, basically that same night, my mom winds up going to the hospital here in mm-hmm. Omaha. Within one week's time, I lose my mom at that hospital. Now, wow. keep in mind... Uh, my mom had been here less than 24 hours and my grandma was here with her. So she never got to experience anything in Omaha. And also just because of the transitions that I was in life from inside sales to outside sales, so I could build up my real estate career. I couldn't do that in a cubicle. I'd also gotten a brand new job within that next that 30 days. And then also my wife and I had just put our first house that we were going to live in under contract. So after losing my mom, subsequently, I lost that job because they needed me to go back out and to Rochester, New York to do training. But I'm like, I can't with all due respect, like my grandma needs me here. My wife needs me here. And then my manager, I just remember saying like, I get it, Casanova, but this is corporate. Like you don't even have a territory yet. You got to finish this out or we got to let you go. 
And I was just like, listen, I got this real estate license. If you allow me to just close on this home, like within three weeks, I'll be out of your hair. So I'm always going to be grateful to her. And she's like, all right, I got you. So she allowed me to put in a three week notice when I didn't have a territory or nothing. So the company was essentially just paying me to just sit on there for three weeks. And so um, then, yeah, so two days prior to closing, um, it basically student loans come up from underwriters and they want more information on my student loans that are in deferment from the University of Iowa. And uh, by the time they get the information that they need, it's that following Monday. We were supposed to close on that previous Friday. So oh. then when they go to re-verify employment, say, hey, Casanova still works there. The company says, no, as of last Friday, he no longer works here. So obviously I don't get the loan approved. Mm-hmm. So within a matter of two and a half weeks, I lose my mom, my job and my home. No, wow. no family, no friends, no church group. I'm in a brand new city, brand new state. And I'm like, shit, what am I going to do now? Right. My wife's supporting me not only mentally, but now she's supporting me financially as well. So I'm going to go back and get a W2 job. But my wife's like, nah, you know, you got this real estate license. You haven't done anything with it. You're either going to jump all in and make some work mm-hmm. or you're always going to be wondering what if. And so I jump all in within the next nine months, I did 46 deals, $8 million in volume. I got the rookie of the year here in Nebraska. And that's where my journey started to really take off from. So that's kind of what, what obviously that was uh, like five and a half years ago, but um, yeah, that's where I would say it started from. And I'll kind of let you take it from here as to where you want to go with it. Yeah, no, dude, first and foremost, thank you so much for sharing, sharing your story. That's a powerful testimony um, and a powerful powerful message that you've got there. And and I'm so happy to hear one, that you have your own podcast that you're sharing that message with. And two, that you're on here sharing it with this Today's Today community. Definitely blessed uh, because of that. The one thing I do want to kind of backtrack a little bit to, you kind of talked about a little bit about your mindset. And as kids, we got to protect their mindsets um, as much as possible. And I know you're a master of like a bulletproof mindset. So how would you or what would you recommend for somebody who's getting into the mindset game, right? They're starting out in entrepreneurship or they're working and scaling up their business uh, and things are just being thrown at them left and right. I mean, you can attest to this. I mean, losing your mom, losing the house, losing the job. I mean, that's rough on a mindset. Um, what got you through that? And what would you recommend for other people that feel like all of that stuff is kind of crashing down on them? Yeah. So to be honest, everything that I've learned on, on my end, as far as mindset and business and everything, because I never had a dad or older brother or uncle that could really teach me about financial literacy or resilience or any of those things, I had to really learn it on my own. Right. And so what, what really got me through first off, when we talk about what got me through the days of cancer and all those things, I'll be honest, I was a young boy. Right. So what got me through was really my mom and grandma showing me what it looked like to be true warriors because they had that never let them see you sweat mentality. And so what did that mean? That meant that they had it for me, not for the world, but every day when I woke up, I didn't know how they were paying because my parents, neither one of them ever pensions or none of that, right? My grandma's 70, almost 77, and she still works almost full time, right? But yeah. And so part of that is because, you know, that's what she loves to do. She's always been a hustler. But part of that is because she never set the right foundations in the beginning. So she couldn't right? Stop working. But even though we've tried to be like, Graham, you don't have to work like that. Like we got you, my, myself, my uncle, things like that. Like she, that's just her. So she's yeah. not trying to hear that. Right? <laughs> and so, I mean, it, it just is what it is. But 
So I think for me, they, they both taught me what it was like to just every day show up, right? And things will work out. On top of that, I, like I said, for me, here's something that I know. Us, if we're always going to have a rope that's, that's around us, right? A rope that our arms around is a better way to put around it. So, or to put it. And so what do I mean by that? You could think of it in two different ways. One, if you know anything about being an athlete, or if you, I'm sure we all do in some way, whether you're a high level athlete, or you've just even watched videos or talked to someone who is a high level athlete. When you think about them trying to do their endurance, because that's what the game of life is, right? It's endurance. It's not a race. It's truly a marathon because there's ebbs and flows. And when I was young, I ran track in high school. And so one of the, the formulas that we always had was sprint, maintain, go faster, right? That was what we always did. And I was a sprinter. So again, for that, if you, take, if you think about the 100-yard the dash, right, you got to get out for the first 20, 30 meters, and you got to sprint hard. And then for those next 40 to 60 meters, right, you got to maintain, maintain that speed. And then for those last 20 to 30 meters, right, then you got to go faster. You got to be able to go. And so when you think about that in the game of life, you got to always think, okay, I'm out of the blocks really fast, right? But then I have to be able to sustain where I am. And I think that that's so huge because we have passion. Right. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of passion to get out of the greats really to get out of the gates really quickly and then start to create that income. Well, then you're gonna find hardships, you're gonna find people that are gonna cheat you, you're gonna find people that won't care about your business even half of what you do. Nobody's ever gonna care about your business as much as you do, because that's your baby. So when you're hiring other people, is you need to focus on making sure that they have the same values as you. But the other thing that you really have to focus on is making sure that you know their why, right? Why is because at the end of the day, they need something to be able to pull them through the mud. And if you have a lot of expectations and the pressure's on, they might not understand that at the end, Pressure creates diamonds. They're only looking at it as pressure. It's a, it's a bad thing, right? It's too much pressure on me. And I tell my team this all the time, right? You, yes, pressure does bust pipes, but at the end of the day, pressure creates diamonds. And so for you, you have to ask yourself every single morning when you're getting up, am I a diamond or am I a busted pipe? It's very hard for anybody to say I'm a busted pipe, right? Yeah. Like, they, they, no, I'm a diamond. I can yeah. do this. Right. If you say I'm a busted pipe, then we got to go back to square zero and we got to figure out what's that limiting belief that makes you feel like you're not worthy. So when we get back to it and we talk about what are the two different ways that you can look at it, when you talk about being a high endurance athlete, you think about the rope that's around your waist and that rope normally is attached to a parachute. Right. And so you're running really hard and you're trying to keep going where that parachute is catching a lot more air. Right. So it's feeling like it's getting harder and harder and harder to get those next five yards, 10 yards, 15 yards. And so that's the way. But that is what if you're looking backwards. Right. Because that's what's holding you back. But you can also think about it in the terms of a life rafter. Right. So let's say this right now. If you're someone who's watching or listening at this right now and you say, man, it feels like I'm drowning. Well, in that moment that you feel like you're drowning, if you can just picture yourself in the water, you're doggy paddling, right? You are figates, whatever you want to say, you're treading water, but you're like, oh my God, I'm going down and down and down. I'm not going to make it until that life rafter gets thrown out. And once you put your arm around that life rafter and you feel like I got something that I can latch on to, right? And so that's looking ahead. I got something that I can latch on to. The mindset then shifts. You no longer think about how did I get into this spot? You're not even thinking about drowning. What are you thinking about? 
you're thinking about, man, I'm almost to the boat, right? I can see a little bit of light that that rope is getting closer and closer and closer. I just got to hold on. And so that's the way that I always love to think about it is, again, just understanding that joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. But at the same time, that things have to go wrong for life to go right for me. And so the best way that I could even give somebody a last analogy is to understand that life, you can look at it as a book or a movie. But think about some of the greatest movies that you've seen. A lot of us have seen Pursuit of Happiness. A lot of us have seen, whether it's The Blind Side or John Q or any of the great movies, right, that have ebbs and flows. We're superheroes. Um, Oh, those movies have ebbs and flows. Well, would you ever turn that movie off within 27 minutes of watching it when you know it's a two-hour movie? Absolutely not, right? But at that 27-minute mark is where it looks like, oh, my God, like, I, he, he, she, they, there's no way they can come back from that. Yeah. But then they come back, and then it's like, oh, they got it, they got it, boom, right down to the bottom again. And they're like, like I don't think I, I couldn't come back. So just understand that right now your current situation is not your final destination because you might only be in chapter three or maybe mm-hmm. that 27th minute of your movie. But this is a two-hour movie, right? Yeah. And at the end, what is the feeling that you want someone to take away from your screenplay, right? Or yeah. your book? If you want people to be like, do at the end, if you quit in chapter two, that means that basically you're saying you want people to feel sorry for you. Right? Yeah. It was like, oh. but if you say no, I want somebody to feel proud. I want to show that I'm a, I'm a victor, and to understand every single day someone does not make it. Whether it's involuntarily, they got hit with coronavirus or something else, or whether that's voluntarily and they decided to take their life. But the fact that you still are breathing, you still have a pulse in your neck, that means that your creator has not put something that toxic in you to feel like that you no longer have the steps to keep going. So it's up to you to find something to latch on to. What is that life rafter? Maybe that you got a son or a daughter that's going to be born in the next six months, right? Maybe that is you got a business opportunity that you just got to hold on to because yeah. you know it's about to pop with a yeah. good friend or, or your, your own thing. Maybe that means that you reached out to a banker because you already have your business plan or whatever else. And that banker says, yeah, let's meet next Friday. It doesn't have to have a time frame on it. You just need something to keep looking ahead to because you latch on. And if you have the right energy and the right integrity and the right everything, when you show up to that moment, like I have a shirt on right now for anybody who's watching, they could see it. But if you're not watching and you're just listening, the shirt says when hard work meets opportunity, it looks a lot like luck, right? I'll say that again. When hard work meets opportunity, it looks a lot like luck. Think about it. Again, I I take it back to sports because we can learn so many things from high level. I'm not even just talking about the Olympics, which obviously we can learn a lot from anybody that's in the Olympics. But even just someone who makes it to any type of professional sport um, or even just collegiate, they put in so much hard work during the ages of 12 to even 17, 18 years old. And then what happens? Just one time, a college scout or a recruiter or a coach mm-hmm. just comes and sees you, right? You didn't get that scholarship or, you know, whatever it was. You didn't get it because you showed up that one day. You, you got it because the habits that you created on a daily basis through high school, the mindset that you had that first off, you already believed. So this is kind of getting to your point. And if I'm going off on a tangent, you just no, let me know. You're good. You're good. You're good. The, 
<laughs> so the first thing that I always tell people, and I tell this to my son all the time, but I think kids are the best testament of it, is the first thing that you have to do is you have to tell yourself and truly believe that you are worthy. The reason why we don't get the results or the business or whatever that we want is because we have limiting beliefs in our head. And those limiting beliefs come from whatever story that we tell ourselves. And so you have to really look back and you have to ask yourself, what was said to me at one small point or what did I overhear someone else saying that really led me to believe this is a story that I had to keep telling myself, right? That I'm not worthy of it. And so if you talk about, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, let's say why people stay in toxic relationships, whether they're verbally or physically abusive, right? A lot of the times it's because they don't feel like they're worthy to have a partner that truly believes uplifts them. So they stay in that scenario. But if they say, no, I am worthy to have someone who loves me, that every single day they're going to come home and they're going to tell me that they love me. They're not going to put their hands on me or whatever. Or having a business partner that doesn't continuously throw it in your face that I made you, right? Or I did yeah. this for you. Because sometimes that's what we do as well. We all want connection. Right. So when we get into a business, whether we're just starting one or maybe we're, we're looking to scale up. And so we look for a financial partner in that business. We feel like we got to give up something and we're vulnerable a lot of the times because this business is our baby, our passion, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we get vulnerable and we tell that other person, here's the ways that I have flaws. And then that person holds it over us. Well, we don't think that we are worthy enough to have someone that says, no, you're in this just like I'm in this. You, those flaws, I see it, but I got my flaws as well. Mm -hmm. So we say stuck. So it's telling yourself that I am worthy. Those are affirmations, however you want to say it. I would encourage writing it down because if you write it down somewhere, most likely at some point, you're going to not only keep reading it to yourself, but you'll share it with someone else. And when you share it with someone else, now it's like you've learned it, but now you're teaching it. And that's mm -hmm. the best way to really comprehend it, right? And that's the best yeah. way to really get conviction on it. So that's what I would say. First, telling yourself that you are worthy. Number two, it's understanding that um, at the end of the day, execution trumps all doubt, right? So when, what do yes. I mean by that? A lot of, let's, think about, let's think about riding a bike, right? And when you think about it, anybody who first learns how to ride a bike, let's talk about kids, um, they don't have confidence. A lot of people think that, listen, before I can go out and execute, I need to have the confidence. But the reality of it is, if you think about riding a bike, you do it scared. And before you know it, you take that first pedal, that second pedal, you're going a half a block, then a half a mile, then five miles. But why did you have the confidence to keep going is because you executed in the beginning. And so I tell people that all the time, understand that execution trumps all doubt. And not only will it trump the doubt in your mind, but it will trump any doubt in someone else's mind. Because just like ba babies can, can sense when you have fear, when you have mm -hmm. hesitation, right? And so other people can as well. If you don't come into that meeting, if you don't come into that networking event, whatever it is, with pure um, confidence, and I'm not talking about arrogance, but pure confidence, people can see that. So people are not going to have that same reciprocity with wanting to know, well, what exactly do you do? How can I partner with you in any type of a way? Yeah. So make sure that you execute on that. And then that's what, what people will get. And here's what I'll tell you. In the beginning, people will ask you how you're doing it. Um, or sorry, in the beginning, people will ask you why you did it. But in the mm -hmm. end, people will ask you how you did it. 
So yeah. don't worry about the short term. Always think about the long term of I just got to keep swimming. And if you don't know how you can keep swimming, I just told you, find that one thing that's a life rafter that you can lock onto. It could be this Friday. It could be next week. It could be six months. If you find that, that's going to get you to always look ahead. If you're not mm -hmm. looking backwards and you're looking forward, always you're walking forward. So mm -hmm. that's what I would say in those senses. Love it. I love it. Um, and so in closing up here, there's a couple of questions that I, I want to ask. Um, so there's typically pieces of, as, of advice that we love to give right? For me, it's go out and be unapologetically authentic in every single thing that you do. But then there's also a piece of advice that is hard to give sometimes because it sometimes it's needed, but not always wanted to receive it. Does that make sense? It's like this person yes. needs to hear this piece of advice, but it's not something that they're going to take lightly or it's going to be easy for them to hear. Um, so I want to ask that question to you. What's a, a piece of advice that you love to give out? And what's a piece of advice that somebody has needed to hear, um, but not always wanted to hear? Yeah, so the piece of advice that I always love to give out, to be honest, um, there's a couple of things that, I, that I'd love to say. But I think the number one thing that I, that I say is joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. And mm -hmm. I think because in life, we all think that everything's supposed to be perfect. We think that life's not fair. Um, and, and that's the truth. Life is not fair. It really isn't. Everyone has an unfair advantage. So it's up to you to figure out what that superpower is for you, what that unfair advantage is for you. For me, my unfair advantage is somehow I was gifted with an ability to have charisma and to be able to connect with just about anybody, yeah. right? From the 77-year-old man, Jack Canfield, sold 50 million books and, and all that to the 16-year-old boy that I mentor and, and, and women and everything else. So I think that that's what I would say. Understand that joy wouldn't feel so good if it wasn't for pain. And here's the other thing you got to think about. If you are going through a time right now of hardship in any way, ask yourself, how much do you love cake, right? And for some people, they'll say, I don't really like cake. But I'm sure we can use the analogy for something else. But for some other people that's listening, they're going to say, I really love cake. Like, if I find a good cake. Is, is I'm like <laughs> pointing at myself right now. I literally did a Facebook Live yesterday. Um, and I was eating one of our cinnamon banana whiskey cakes. And it was just, I'm just, I literally, the oh, whole life was just me eating cake and talking to everybody that popped on. It was fantastic. <laughs> Man, cake, and cake, if you find the right cake, it's moist, it's got the right ingredients. You're like, oh, man, this is a great cake, right? And the same, any type of, you know, uh, pleasure that you have, right? But here's what I'll tell you. If you ask yourself, look, if I asked you, would you eat a stick of butter by itself? What no. would you say? Heck no. Would you eat raw eggs by themselves? No. But maybe, maybe, maybe I was saying, was like, I mean, like, look at the rock, the rock does it. So maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe. But the reason why I asked that, you know, to get to the point is all of these raw ingredients by themselves, we'd hate it. Right. You might eat it because the rock does it. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're not going to love it. You're going to absolutely hate this is this is how we got to that. I, I'm sure there's got to be another way. We don't got to eat raw eggs all day. There's got to be something. Give me the keto diet and I'll just lift twice as much, right? <laughs> but the point is, is at the end of the day, each one of those ingredients, while they may suck by themselves and it's that time that you hate it, they all form a magnificent cake. 
and you need every single one of those ingredients. So for you, you might be going through a storm right now that's just about eating a stick of butter. You're like, oh my God, like this was gross. I hated every bit about this. But at the end of the day, what it's doing is making your cake. And so for you, understand that adversity builds character, right? We don't love someone that's perfect. No one does, right? Superman, he's the greatest, but he has kryptonite. Right. We all know that there's back ends of everybody. And that's why the world of social media right now, for some people, they're super winning. For some people, they're not. Right. And the reason why they're not, you can only paint that facade for so long before mm-hmm. in your mind. It's gonna be one of two things. One, it's going to come crashing down because that was never who you was. Right. Or two, you're still going to paint that picture to everybody. But then on the inside, you're going to feel like you lost yourself. Right. So then in a sense, it still comes crashing down because that was never who you was. And so think about that. You would say, hey, I'm building my cake right now. And these terms of adversity, I understand is creating a diamond because I can handle the pressure where 98 percent of people being honest, they can't think back on all of the things that you've already had to go through. Right. Mm-hmm. The ups and the downs of your like most people like you. I mean, to have multiple businesses at the age of 23 years old, most yeah. people would have cracked at 19 and been like, this is so much easier if I just go back to my mom's house. I get this job right now. I can be at the bars. Yeah. Life's good. Right. Yeah. So people have to really understand that it's only setting you up to be that superhero that you already are. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out how to crack it. And if I talk about what's that one thing that I would give somebody that they don't want to hear, um, here's what I say. For most people, they get hyped for the moment and then start to backpedal, right? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? We all have dreams. We all have goals. We all have ambitions. But then the moment that it's time to execute, we find an excuse. We find some type of a story of why it won't work for us, right? How many people would have had a story of why Amazon would not work for them? Of why Uber would not mm-hmm. work for them. If we, they all would have. People right now are, are why TikTok won't work for you. Now, that's yeah. fine if you want to tell that story. But if you see the nerdy kid, there's, there's so many different types of people that are on TikTok. I've seen a 400-pound uh, lady on TikTok, just then, and she went <laughs> super viral. So there's nothing that you can't do right now as long as you're authentic and trying to find people to serve with a purpose, right? Yeah. So what does that mean? Everybody has a unique advantage. Again, maybe your unique advantage is only just drawing, right? And I don't mean to um, – diminish that quality but you might say all i can do is draw i can't i can't talk to people i don't like people all those other things but through the power of your drawings if you're telling the right story with the purpose of serving someone with that drawing Mm -hmm. trust me you're going to change more lives than you ever would have expected and so that's what i would tell people is at the end of the day if you're not where you want to be it's because you've continuously gotten hype for the moment and then Mm -hmm. you've backpedaled Love it. And that won't get you there. You got to lean in. Nope. You got to lean forward. Every single day. I mean, the, the whole theme of, of the podcast and today's today community is living out today and, and asking kind of a question, right? So those big audacious goals that we have, what would our lives look like if that came true today? Like, I mean, like for you specifically, like, I mean, think of the, the 10 year, 20 year, 30 year, 40 year down the road goal and you woke up this morning and you knew for a fact that it was going to come true today. I mean, like, right. 
dude, I'm already getting hyped even more than I already was. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's, it's one of those Trust, things. That I got some to... really big ones. Yeah. So right. I know exactly what you mean. It's, yeah. it's, but yeah, but it's, it's also the other thing is I would say the power of association and the proximity, sure. right. To other like-minded people. So I okay. think that that's something that people, you know, definitely need to be open to as well, because it's very hard to hit all of your goals, all of your dreams. Yeah. If you're not focused on building the right relationships, because entrepreneurship, yeah. just being honest, it gets lonely. It yeah. does, especially if you are the visionary and you mm -hmm. have not figured out how to create your own tribe and your team around you. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about the tribe of people that you serve. I'm talking about the tribe of people that are in the trenches with you to yeah. be able to bring the impact. And if you don't know yeah. how to do that yet, you really have to focus on building meaningful relationships because it will get hard and it gets even harder when you feel like you're alone. Yeah. Your network is your net worth. That's something Excellent. that I will forever remember. Your network is your net worth. Um, right. So absolutely love it bro thank you so much for coming on the show i know i gained immense amount of value from it i know every single person that's listening to this is got immense amount of value uh for those that are listening if you want to get connected with casanova all of his links are in the description down below make sure you go check him out make sure to go follow him on his social medias and make sure to go tune into his podcasts as well uh and what was the name of your show again dream nation podcast so i have two but dream nation podcast you can find everything at dreamnation.com Cool. Cool. So, all right. But dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you're new to the podcast or you've been listening to the podcast for a while, make sure you smash that subscribe button, share it with a friend, uh, post it up on social media and tag me at TTDTLF stands for today's today to live free, which is also in the description down below. Um, but we're looking forward to having y'all on our next show and we'll talk to y'all soon.